Welcome to Thrive Church. I am so glad to have you here uh, with us today, whether you're with us in person in Torrington, New Britain, Terryville, or whether you're watching online, we welcome you to Thrive Church. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor here, and we are so grateful for you, and we are so excited about what God is doing, and we are in a series right now called Spirit Guide, Spirit Guide, and, and you know, when Jesus was on this earth, one of the last things that he told his disciples, his followers, was that he was gonna provide them with a guide, with a comforter, with a helper. Now, I'm sure all of you have faced a big decision in your life, but I'm just curious right now, is anybody facing a big decision right now in your life? Anybody? Okay, about half of you. The rest of you, it's coming. It's probably next month, but there's a big decision that you may be facing as well. You know, life is a series of decisions and choices. It's a series of decisions and choices, uh, and how you make those decisions and choices will determine the outcome of your life. You know, maybe decisions about who you're gonna marry, right? Maybe there's decisions of what job you're gonna work. Maybe, maybe it's decisions of, of if you should, you know, buy a new home or a second home or a third home or however many homes that you uh, have. You know, there's decisions that we face and decisions can be scary, right? Because we know that they have long lasting impacts. You make a decision and then the decision makes you. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you ever made a decision and then that decision ended up defining some important part of your life. But like we can all look back at the decisions that we've made in life and, and we can probably find some decisions that seemed reasonably inconsequential at the time, but now we see how important they were. You know, when, when I was a, a teenager, my dad gave me uh, uh, kind of a, a challenge or an option. He said, you know, I have some money, I wanna help you to buy a car if you would like to buy a car, or you can start a business, whatever you want. Now, I mean, I'm a teenager, of course, I wanna have a, have a car, I'm tired of driving around mom and dad's car, but I started thinking about it and praying about it, like what should I do? Should I go ahead and get the car or should I do something different? Instead, I took the option to start a business and I started uh, a t-shirt printing business where I would print t-shirts and, and, and through that, um, I got into uh, graphic design and I learned graphic design and, and, and I learned all kinds of things and, and I was able to then afford a car on my own. See, my logic was, if you give me a car, then that's it. Like, I gotta pay gas and how am I gonna put gas in here? But if I start a business, maybe, maybe that'll help me longer term. I look back at that decision and it was made at a, at a time in my life where I probably wasn't making the best decisions, but that decision turned out to be good. Other decisions that we make maybe don't always turn out so, so well. You know, we make, a, we make a good decision and it brings good results into our life. We make a bad decision and oh man, we could regret that for the rest of our life. It's like buying a used car, right? I mean, I, I, I don't like buying used cars. Like it, it's just, you know, it's, it's so tough, it's stressful. Like how do I know? how this thing is gonna last. Like, do I know if this is gonna uh, be good for me? And, and maybe you've done that before. You, you buy a car and it turns out to be a lemon. It's like, we don't know. We don't know what it's gonna be like. It's a decision. And, and there, there's kind of two sides of this decision-making spectrum. There's some people, maybe you're like this, who makes decisions carelessly. Like, like uh, it doesn't even matter. Like, you, you, might, 
be driving by a car dealership, say, oh, I want that car, and you go in there and you just buy the thing. You're like, ah, that's it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get this thing. Some people make decisions very carelessly. You, you see a guy or a girl like, wow, you know, you're, you're cute, let's get married. Like, like we make decisions carelessly, and maybe you end up regretting it. But on the other side, you got people who are too careful. You know what I'm talking about? They're too careful. Like, like they will research the thing to death. That, that's kind of the problem that I have. We, we get caught in the, the paralysis of analysis. It's like, I have to research every single thing about this before I can make a decision. Then I finally make a decision, and then I second guess it the entire time. Like, it's, it's a miserable way to live, trying to make decisions like that. You know, you have help, though. In your notes, if you're taking them, life is a journey, and God has given us the tools that we need to navigate. God has given us the tools that we need to navigate through this journey of life. We have a map, and that's God's word, scripture. It's the roadmap of success. It points us in the way that we should go. We have a compass, which is like our conscience. It's the ability to know right from wrong. And then we have a guide, most importantly, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's the, the whole idea throughout this series is that we get to know who the Holy Spirit is and how he guides us in our lives. We're gonna look in John chapter 16, verse seven. And Jesus is talking to his followers here. He says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Like, they don't understand. They're like, no, no, we want you to stay here. And Jesus is like, no. It's better if I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Skipping to verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Underline that. He will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you, get this, he will tell you about the future. Anybody wanna know the future? Some of you are like a little hesitant, like I don't know, you know? We're not sure, but some of you, they, they, they wanna know the future. So, so they go and they, they get their palms red and they, they do tarot cards and they, they look at tea leaves and, and, and we read the astrology and stuff like that. And we're like, I wanna know the future. I wanna know, I, don't, I wanna know what's coming in my future. It says here, the Holy Spirit, it says he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. See, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you into what? Into truth. But this is not just any truth. Not, you know, there's different kinds of truth. This is the truth. If you look in the original languages here, this truth is not just like the truth like, like what goes up must come down. No, this truth is the truth according to God. Did you know there may be things that you think to be true but aren't really the truth according to God? For example, maybe you have an opportunity for a new job. And it's true that you have this opportunity and it's true that you'll make more money and it's true that you'll have better benefits and it's true that, that you'll have more prestige and more respect. But what you don't know is that maybe if you go down that path that leads to 
to greed and accumulation. Maybe it puts a, a, a wedge in your family and it ends up destroying your family. See, we don't see God's truth in the situation. In a relationship, you see somebody and it seems to make sense and there's, and there's chemistry and you're like, yes, this is what's true right now, but it ends up in, in despair and brokenness. See, in your notes, what seems to be true may not be God's truth. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, wants to lead you and me into all truth, into God's truth. So what we need is a guide who can see further down the path than we can see. Wouldn't it be nice to have a guide who knows the outcome, who knows the dangers and the pitfalls? Wouldn't it be nice to have a guide who, who doesn't have the same perspective as you have? It's like if you've ever done one of these corn mazes before, right? The corn maze, they're a lot of fun, but, but when you're in the middle of them, it's difficult sometimes to know if you should turn left or right or go straight. Like we, we don't really know because our perspective is limited. A friend of mine, we used to fly in a small airplane over these corn mazes and we could see the, the designs and the patterns in it. And from that perspective, it would be very easy to navigate through the, mine, uh, through, through the, through the, um, the maze. See, are we trusting God that he has a different perspective than we do? Maybe when he's guiding us and telling us, it doesn't seem logical, but we have to realize that he's seeing things from a different point of view. See, God wants you to go on the right path. He wants to guide you, but the Holy Spirit will not force his way. The Holy Spirit doesn't force his way. He's not gonna come and, and possess you and just force you to do something. No, a guide shows the way, but it's up to you to walk in it. It's up to you and to me to actually take the steps. God is leading me in a direction. The Spirit is guiding me, but it's up to you to take those steps. So many of us, we, we ask why God won't help us in the situation that we're in. Maybe you're in a difficulty you're facing a hardship, you're facing a battle, and we wonder why won't God help? But then we never stop to actually listen for his voice, listen for his guidance. In your notes, many people want the Holy Spirit's guidance, but they won't stop to listen to him. They don't stop to listen. This is why I challenge people with the 555 challenge, spending five minutes every day reading scripture, five minutes in prayer, and five minutes simply listening for the voice of the Lord. How do we ever expect to know where the Holy Spirit is leading if we never stop and listen to see if he's directing us? It says in John 10, verse 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. Do we know the voice of the Lord? Do we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? If he's speaking to us now, do we hear that or do we just ignore it? See, here's one thing that, that I'm confident in. I'm confident in this, okay? And it's in your notes, is that if you're in God's word, you're seeking to be led by the spirit, and you're listening for his voice, that you will be led down the right path. See, if, if you're doing these things, so often we're afraid that we're gonna miss God's will, that, that we're gonna miss his direction, but I guarantee you, if you're in God's word, if you're listening for his voice, if you're seeking to be led by the Holy Spirit, that you will go down 
the right path. He said, well, but what, but what happens if I go down the wrong path? Then I believe the Holy Spirit will, will, will nudge you back in the right direction, that you'll begin to feel like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the right thing. I don't know why. It makes sense. This is my truth right now, but I feel like God is leading me another way. I believe if you seek to follow the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you. See, the Holy Spirit is not trying to hide his guidance from you. Sometimes we get this idea that he's trying to hide, like he's trying to trying to play hide to get, hard to get, you know? It's like we can't see this. He's not playing some impossible game of, of hide and seek. It's like those old uh, Where's Waldo pictures, right? You guys ever do that? It's like all these thousands of people, and you're like looking for the little red hat with the red and white stripes on. Like, where's Waldo? Where's like, I don't know where Waldo is. Why do I have to find him? Why does Waldo keep getting lost? And, and sometimes we think that that's how the Holy Spirit is that he's hiding his will from us, like he doesn't want us to really find it. No, he wants you to find it. So how do we know if it's God's will or not? Well, he, here's one thing that people often try to do is they try to find God's will simply by circumstances that enter their life. Simply by circumstances. They're sitting at the stoplight, God, if you want me to marry this person, let this light turn green now. Now, 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 well, yes, thank you, Jesus, you know. Man, the circumstances just lined up. I mean, that, that's a silly one, but sometimes we, we do other things like that. Well, you know, God, if you want me to take the job, just let, let, it, let, it, let them offer it to me. Just because it's offered to you doesn't mean that it's the right way. See, that's basing it simply on circumstances. In your notes, circumstances aren't a reliable way to discern God's will. Now, can he use circumstances? Absolutely. In fact, he does use circumstances to, to confirm his will. See, you may see circumstances line up. If God tells you to do something, directs you down a path, you can be assured that the circumstances will line up. But if you don't have a peace about it, then we can question the circumstances. Sometimes we just go based on circumstances. Well, I had the opportunity to, you know, become a great drug dealer, and so I just took the opportunity. Circumstances lined up for me. You know, that, that, that's, not, that's not following the Spirit of God. We need to follow the Spirit. The other trap is letting our feelings guide us, right? You know, you know feelings are pretty jacked up, right? I mean, like, let's be honest. Sometimes you wake up, and you just feel ticked off at the world, right? Sometimes you wake up and you feel angry. Sometimes you wake up and you feel depressed. Sometimes you wake up and you can't wait to attack the day, but feelings lie to us all the time. See, we can't base things on our feelings. Just like circumstances, our heart, our feelings can be a, be a good confirmation, but it's a horrible guide on its own. Look, look what Jeremiah says about this in uh, Jeremiah 17:9. Says the human heart is the what? The most deceitful of all things. But just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. You know what? Every jacked up, messed up thing you've done in your life, you are following your heart. Like your, your, your heart has led you to do some crazy things. Oh, just follow your heart. Oh, I'm gonna go do this. Well, oh, just follow your heart. Okay, I'll rob the bank. Okay, you know, we're just following my heart. No. Says your your heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So many base their lives on a feeling. Oh, I just had a feeling. I just went on a feeling. It just seemed like a, a good thing. Now, there's, there's some things that we do need to have. We do need to have peace. We need peace, but peace alone is not enough. 
See, peace comes after the fact, after we hear from God, after he starts to, to direct us through his word. In your notes, your feelings aren't a reliable guide. You know, feelings aren't based in reality. It could be impacted by the weather. It could be impacted on the, you know, uh, Mexican food that you had last night. It could be impacted by so many different things. Feelings aren't based in reality. So should we have a peace when we're following the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely. But it's a, con uh, a confirmation and not an indication. So what, what is a true indicator? Well, the, probably the most important thing is God's word. In your notes, the Holy Spirit will never contradict Scripture. When, when, when we're reading Scripture, when we feel like we're hearing something from God, it will never contradict what is in Scripture. It says in Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Man, we need that, don't we? I need a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. What this doesn't say, though, is that we don't always see the end destination, but we do see the next step and we do see a little bit ahead. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It illuminates so that we can step, we can, we can uh, overcome the hazards that try to trip us up. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It all begins in scripture. The Holy Spirit's goal is to lead us into all truth, to lead us into his truth. In your time of need, I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring the right verse to the surface in your life. Sometimes you may be reading scripture. This is why reading scripture is so important because you're, you're facing a difficulty, you're facing a circumstance and there's a verse that just jumps off the page like, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now. Maybe, maybe you're in church and you hear, you hear a verse, you see a verse like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. In your time of need, God brings these verses to the surface. This is the primary way that God speaks to you. This is not something that we ever outgrow or we become so spiritual that I don't need that any longer. No, it's daily being in God's word. That's where the spirit speaks to us. In your notes, if you're taking them, the more scripture you have in your heart, the more the spirit will speak to you. See, he can't bring something to the surface if it's not there. And this is why it's so important for us to read scripture, but not only read, but to meditate and to memorize it because in the time of need, he'll bring verses to our thoughts and bring verses to our mind to encourage us, to guide us, and to direct us. If you're not in scripture, then you're living life in the dark. We're not living with that lamp because it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And if we're not in God's word, then we no longer have the light. So we're bound to trip up and stumble as we go along the path. In your notes, God's will is found in God's word. That's where it's found. You wanna know what God's will is? We start in God's word. Now, now let's just be clear. You're probably not gonna find the name of your spouse. Well, maybe if it's David or something, you will. But, um, but I wouldn't go off of that, okay? You're not gonna find that. You're not gonna find maybe your next job or what school you should apply to. But the principles are found in scripture. See, see when you open up your Bible, God opens up his mouth. He begins to speak into your life. We need to stop listening for a voice maybe sometimes and start looking for a verse instead. Start seeing what does God's word say about this instead of what am I feeling? What do the circumstances do? No, what does God's word say? See, we want God to write things in the sky, but he's already written things in the word. We wanna be led by the spirit. See, this begins by doing the things that we already know are in his will like loving other people and combating pride and pursuing 
humility, seeking justice, loving mercy. See, these are things that we know are in God's will already. In your notes, when the Holy Spirit guides us, we must be willing to obey. Like, that, that's, that's the thing, though. That's where the rubber meets the road. Like, you might hear from God, but it's a whole other thing to obey. You know, the, the last series we were in was all about Peter walking on the water, and he heard Jesus say, yeah, come. But, but many of us, we hear Jesus say, come, but we're not willing to obey, to step out, on the, uh, out of the boat and into the water. See, the attitude that we have to have is, before I even know what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, my answer is already yes. It's like, you, you tell me. You say jump and I say how high. It's not an argument. I'm, I'm gonna obey you because I trust you. When it aligns with God's word, then I'm gonna trust that and I'm gonna go forward with what he has for me. You know, there, there's so many people who are searching for guidance from the Holy Spirit. But in order to, to, to get that guidance, we need to be in God's word. We need to be listening for his voice. Are we listening for him? In Luke 11, verse nine, it says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. If you have a kid, you know what that's all about, right? <laughs> Daddy, can I have this? No, Daddy, can I have this? No, Daddy, can I have this? No, Daddy, can I have this? Fine, we see this in the grocery store or you know, the, to the toy department all the time. Mommy, I want this, no, mommy, I want this, no. Mommy, I want this. And then, and then you know, we, it's a battle of the wills now. Who's gonna win? Here, here Jesus is, is encouraging that. Imagine that. He's saying, keep on asking and you'll receive what, you're ask, what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Are you seeking? Are you looking for, for direction? Are you looking for the answers in your life? Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Isn't that encouraging to know that if you ask, you'll receive? Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Like, what kind of jacked up parent are you anyway? If, you're, if, you're, if you, they ask for an egg, you give them a scorpion. I got a scorpion here, but he's, he's sealed in acrylic, apparently. Like, like, your kid says, hey, can I have some eggs? Yeah, sure, have this instead. Eat a scorpion and die, child. I mean, like, what kind of crazy thing is this? See, he's saying, you, you don't give your kid a scorpion when they ask for an egg. Of course not. He says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, when you are asking God for direction, God's not like, hey, here, have a scorpion and die. Like, I mean, that's not what God is doing. You know, if we're asking for direction, you're asking and you will get the answer. You ask and it will be answered. You seek, you'll find, you knock and the door will be open. And your notes, God is not trying to hide his path from you. He's not trying to hide it. The spirit is not trying to avoid us. He's not out on lunch break saying, you know, maybe I'll get around to your request at some point in the future. The Holy Spirit will guide you if you ask him. The problem is, is so many people say, the Holy Spirit never guides me, and yet we've never spent time in his word, we've never asked him for help, and we've never stopped to listen, and then we blame him and whenever things go wrong. It's like we need to seek him. You seek and you'll find. You know, so many people are satisfied living life 
flying by the seat of their pants. You ever hear that expression? Oh, they're flying by the seat of their pants. You know that expression came from? It's, it's an aviation thing. Um, flying by the seat of their pants means, uh, it's, it's referring to a pilot who flies without instrumentation or without any communication aids. So, so the pilot goes up in the airplane, they've got no altimeter, no barometer, no airspeed indicator, you know, no radios to communicate, it's just looking out the window and like whatever I feel because I'm sitting on the seat, flying by the seat of your pants. The person who made this phrase uh, popular was this guy, Douglas Corrigan, many, many years ago. He, he wanted to, to be um, one of the first people to, to do a, a trans-American flight. He was gonna fly from New York to California. And so he gets in his little small airplane and he takes off and 29 hours later, he lands and guess where he lands? In Dublin, Ireland. You went the wrong way, buddy. <laughs> it's like, at some point you think, you know, I thought there would be more land and less water in this direction. He was flying by the seat of his pants and he ended up in the wrong destination because he wasn't using the resources that were available to him. Why would you navigate by the seat of your pants when there's instruments for guidance? Why would you live your life by the seat of your pants when God has given you a guide, someone who cares for you, someone who helps you, someone who wants to lead you into all truth? So many people are, are not using the resources that God has given them, that is available to them. It's like you're driving blind. If only somebody could help. If only I knew the way. If only somebody could guide me. Well, we need to ask and invite the Holy Spirit to guide us. Say, speak to us, Lord, not waiting until all hell breaks loose in our life and say, God, can you help me now? You know, I jacked this up a lot. Can you please help me? He will help you, but it's better if we seek his guidance before we even get there. It's better if we seek his will along the way and allow him to direct us and to move us and make us. He is interested in every detail of your life. And I believe that if you seek, you'll find. I believe that if you ask, it will be given to you. And that if you keep on knocking and you keep on knocking and you keep on knocking, that God will open up the doors and knock off your scorpion onto the floor and he will be your guide so father we come to you in jesus name and we thank you we thank you for your goodness to us oh god we thank you for sending the holy spirit to be our guide and we admit we've we've not always made the best decisions we've not always asked you for guidance we've not always looked for you. We've not always knocked on your door. But Lord, we want to we turn that around right now. If, you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your Lord, he's inviting you now. The Holy Spirit is drawing you now, saying, come into my family. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, that you can be saved now. Won't you call on his name and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Holy Spirit, guide my life. Lord, for all of us here, whatever decisions we face, whatever obstacles are in our path, please guide us by your Holy Spirit. Guide us 
through your word. Illuminate our feet. Illuminate our path so that we can see clearly and we can overcome the obstacles. Lord, we put our trust in you. And when you guide us, we will take the step. We will obey because we know that you are our guide. You are here to comfort us. You are here to help us and lead us in the direction that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.